Warning, we're going to go full Beto O'Rourke concession speech with our profanity today. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Stamps.com and by The Midterms. Eh. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Hi, this is Joel from Florida Men, the podcast. You already know that we did, in fact, evolve from filthy monkey men. But did you realize what that means? It means your great, 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 great grandmother loved to fuck filthy monkey men a lot outside in front of other filthy monkey men and women. It's November 8th. And the mean stuff we're going to say on this episode is for a good cause. Well, some of it anyway. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And from Bob Menendez's New Jersey. Molly <laughs> Hall Studios in Chicago, Illinois. And Good Husband Georgia. This is the Scathing Atheist. See, that part wasn't for a good cause. <laughs> on this week's episode, we react to the midterms in the way the midterms turned out. <laughs> Jared Polis of Colorado becomes the first openly gay governor in U.S. history. Let's make some noise. And Tom and Cecil will be here to raise money by lowering self-esteem. But first, the diatribe. You know, I don't want to take too big of a shit on Tuesday's results, but I still want to take a shit on them. So first, let me do the upbeat end of this. Obviously, those with a vested interest in things like church-state separation, secular government, and the continued humanity of non-white, straight, cis people were hoping for a massive swing in the midterm election this year. And just as obviously, we didn't get that. But we got a lot. And we actually got a check on presidential power. We got the first openly gay governor in U.S. history. And we got a record number of women elected to Congress. But here's what we didn't get. We didn't get the American people crying out in one voice that we weren't going to succumb to race baiting, hate mongering demagoguery based on transparent fictions and bigotry. And we didn't get the electorate rising up and rejecting the divisive xenophobia of the president or his enablers in Congress. We didn't get a rebuke of the rampant and unapologetic corruption, the incompetence, the one destruction of political norms, the violent rhetoric and the unchecked stupidity. And anything short of that isn't just disappointing. It's shameful. Now, to be fair, there were a lot of structural disadvantages working against Democrats in this midterm. A dismal Senate map for Democrats, Republican-controlled gerrymandering, the disenfranchisement of minority voters, the fact that the Dakotas still get two senators apiece, all that shit worked together to make this election a steep uphill climb. And the Democrats got 51% of Congress by turning out 60% of the vote. So the numbers are better than they look, but even then we should be ashamed. I mean... Hooray, three-fifths of the half of our country's voters that actually vote were bothered enough by the autocracy built on hate and lies to sacrifice part of a Tuesday afternoon to stop it doesn't exactly deserve party poppers. And naive optimist that I am, I still held out hope that we were overall good people. 
You know, I told myself that maybe despite, you know, maybe 2016 was just a combination of apathy and motivated reasoning. You know, I, I said maybe most Americans just didn't see what was coming. They didn't recognize what they were voting for and against in that one. Maybe now that America sees exactly what was in Pandora's box, they'll try to close it. Of course, by a quarter after eight, it was pretty clear that we weren't going to get that blue wave we were hoping for. And anything shy of that robbed me of the comforting delusion I entertained about Americans overall being good people. I mean, sure, you know, maybe we're good by a slim majority, but still the party poppers lay dormant, right? By and large, we have to admit that we're not good people. You know, if it's not the majority, at least an awful lot of our fucking country is racist, sexist, homophobic, indifferent to the suffering of others, nationalistic, perfectly happy letting somebody lie to them if they like the lies. And I know none of this should come as a surprise to me. Hell, everybody I know from any other country has been telling me that for years. But I, like most people in this country, I guess, somehow told myself that the majority was like me. The majority were reasonable people, by and large, who, you know, maybe needed a swift kick in the ass to do the right thing now and again, but ultimately wanted to do the right thing, or at least to see the right thing. Thing done. And I've clung to that illusion despite all the evidence to the contrary for years. But after Tuesday, I have to give it up. Sure, there are a lot of good people in this country. Maybe they're the majority, but we can no longer put the word fringe on the end of lunatic when we're talking about American politics. And at this point, with my eyes so forcibly wrenched open, I have to ask myself, why? What the hell is wrong with us? What makes us so fucking worse than all the other wealthy industrialized countries? Of course, entire libraries have been written in search of the answer to that question. But as we all know on this show, you can answer it with a single word. Now, it starts with an R and it rhymes with division, sort of. I mean, that's the thing that stands apart in American demographics from our cultural neighbors, isn't it? America is more religious than any other developed country by a huge margin. And of course, religion promotes all that shit I was complaining about. The racism, the xenophobia, the homophobia, the outgrouping, and first and foremost, the accepting of transparent lies as truth if they tell you what you want to hear. Right. You don't need supposition to get here anymore. I know some of the shit I talk about on the diatribes is like two degrees of separation away from the religious cause. But at this point, it couldn't be any more direct. Evangelicals are the only group of people where the majority still supports Trump. And it's a wide majority. They're the ones organizing for him. They're the ones attending his rallies. They're the ones who see courts with his policies. Like them insanely rich people and Nazis. But, you know, this second group is too small a part of the electorate to win anything. And the third group is at this point, a subset of the first. And I'd like to think that even people who support his monstrous policies, though, would at least have the sense to reject his lies. Right. I mean, it's maybe not the most depressing part of this, but it's the most disappointing. Like when the lie is as blatant as this picture of a crowd of one hundred and sixty thousand has more people in it than this picture of a crowd of one point eight million. You'd like to think that you'd reject that regardless of how much you like the dude's anti brown people's stance. And further, you'd like to think you'd be insulted by it. But if you're talking about Americans, you would be wrong. And obviously you'd be wrong because those people have been primed by religion their entire lives to accept the most blatant of falsehoods if it allows them to confirm their biases. They've had to put a mental asterisk next to the word fact for decades. So they were all lubed up when Kellyanne Conway showed up with her alternatives. And now all the political pundits are running around whatever the hell happened to truth without ever pointing their finger at that powerful, wealthy, politically active institution that's been openly working to undermine it for centuries. 
They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast to bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are poll watchers Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, are you ready to watch some poll? I am, and I'm also ready for Nancy Pelosi to take over the House for a nice two-year cock block until we could start fixing the other parts of the government. I was promised total and complete control of the government by swing less. Those <laughs> bastards. You were promised Beto, too. How'd that work out for you, Eli? How about that donation, huh? A lot of money. He's going to be president. Well spent. He will be president. Shut up. In our lead story tonight. Not all Republicans are evil monsters. Strong um, disagree. Well, okay, so it's a weird thing. You'd hope nobody would need to say about your group. They're not all these <laughs> monsters. Uh, as a white man, I often feel the same way. Not, no, not a great yeah. sign when I have to be like, Phil, by the way, Phil, nobody asked, but Phil did not assault anyone. Just FYI, <laughs> just so you guys know. Dude, Keith, American Atheist is going to sue us for stealing their motto this year. We're gonna, <laughs> this is a whole thing now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all Republicans aren't monsters, but uh, I could definitely make a list pretty quickly yeah. if I needed to. <laughs> Even with really specific parameters. Like, for example, if you said, name two Republican Christian evangelicals who ran for their state Congress and who think Jewish people are the spawn of Satan, literally. I'd say Steve West and Maché, like right away. I'd have that answer for you. Like right away, Steve West, Maché. And on the other hand, if I asked you to name two Republican Christian evangelicals who ran for their state Congress and weren't openly anti-Semitic, you'd say... Mm, hats. Yeah. Hats. Toast. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's start with Steve West. He ran for a seat in the Missouri General Assembly after winning the GOP primary in August. And he got his background in politics by working as a hate crime-themed local radio host <laughs> named Jack Justice, who <laughs> apparently wears an elaborate costume for his fans to, to listen to on his radio See, audio medium Eli, show. Eli, it's silly. Heath's making fun of it. And by the way, for the record, he's in radio. <laughs> Um, instead of saying out the whole term hate crime themed, they just abbreviate that to AM. AM. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's a lot <laughs> and uh, Steve West's past comments include the idea that Jewish cabals are harvesting baby parts at Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. and also the following exact words. I can't stress that enough. These are exact words. Hitler was right. Exact words. West claims that last thing was taken out of context, but that means at best he was involved in a conversation about good Hitler stuff. <laughs> also, he wasn't. It's not. Yeah, at no, best. right. It's not what he meant. Uh, hey, a uh, little fun tip for you. If you can't think of anyone except Hitler who was right about the thing you agree with, you aren't. <laughs> it's a fun little thing there. Yeah. So, Steve West is absolutely a monster. Oh, yeah. But my favorite part of the story about him, besides the fact that he lost the election, That's is good. the That's good. fact <laughs> that he got officially outed and reverse-endorsed by his own children yep. the week before the election. <laughs> He's so evil, two of his kids felt like they had to contact local papers just to be sure this was public knowledge that he was evil. His son actually used the phrase, he must be stopped. <laughs> Not a good one. And, and it gets even worse. It wasn't just his kids. The Republican Party of Missouri 
actually released a statement <laughs> denouncing him. Think about that. Despite still allowing him to run as their candidate, to be clear. Yeah. No, right, right. Their message seemed to be, get out there and vote, but don't vote too hard. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> I get it. They're the ones who are going to have to see him at, like, meetings, stuffing donuts down his pants to protect his vital fluids. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that brings us to Matt Shea. He's been a Washington state representative since 2009, and he's currently the head of the state's Republican caucus, and he's a genuine fucking lunatic. Like, Redundant, all the way. lazy writing. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So uh, <laughs> since being elected, he's been a vocal supporter of other prominent lunatics, including militant tax evader Cliven Bundy and his rubber dick enthusiast sons, Ryan and Ammon, <laughs> the former sovereign monarchs of a birdhouse in Oregon. I'm sure you all remember that story. <laughs> Shea also happens to be the organizer of an anti-Muslim hate group, according to the SPLC, and also a regular speaker at an evangelical cult that's run by the founder of the Christian identity movement. They're the guys that believe Jewish people are the literal offspring of Eve and Satan, the prince of darkness. So... There's that. So what do they think he talked her into doing with that apple in there? <laughs> also, uh, follow-up question, what religion do they think Adam was? <laughs> or Jesus? How about right? Jesus? <laughs> okay, so um, if you had to guess what got uncovered last week about Matt Shea that's currently being looked at by the FBI, what would you say it was? Nazi, Nazi manifesto. manifesto. Okay. Uh, I heard Nazi manifesto. That, and that's pretty much exactly correct. Yes, <laughs> right out of the ball. <laughs> Apparently, a local paper got a hold of a four-page document that Shea was handing out entitled Biblical Basis for War. And besides the standard screed that you'd expect about gay people being evil, it includes a very specific section called Rules of War about literally killing people who break the laws of the Bible. In response to the allegations that he's organizing a campaign of genocide, Shea said... Those were notes for a sermon. What? And then proceeded to get reelected by a large margin in the state of Washington. Uh, so his excuse is like, you're taking that out of context. I was going to yell this call a genocide to an angry mob, you know, to get him fired up. What do you... Yeah, if, <laughs> if anything, he should be worried about stealing Trump's material. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so bottom line, the GOP is definitely... The rectangle party of the square monster universe. <laughs> right, yes. And it's weird that you wouldn't just become, you know, the circle party or You're like right. any it's other shape. Just not rectangles. So easy. There's so many shapes. <laughs> when Nazis are square pegs, it's super duper suspicious if you don't make your party a round hole. And, like, <laughs> and not like a giant gaping hole covered in lube that opens up even bigger to fit yeah. the fucking Nazis before you say anything. <laughs> right. You'd think. And in pole dancer news tonight, it works if you see it spelled out. The result of PRRI's <laughs> 2018 American Values Survey suggests that the primary function of religion in the modern U.S. is a hiding place for bigotry, a conclusion that is also supported by the configuration of all the other atoms on Earth. <laughs> and all the eaves. Cool. No, it's a good one. Glad you're here. Yeah, this yeah. Is Thank you. Yeah. So uh, this survey was trying to gauge the attitudes towards America's increasing diversity. And surprise, surprise, the group most willing to tell a random stranger on the phone that they oppose brown people were evangelicals. <gasps> huh. Yeah. Also, apparently the most likely to 
own a landline phone like a fucking serial killer. Right? That's fun. <laughs> and the most likely to be like, yeah, you know what? Stranger, I would like to spend some time right now during my day talking about the pros and cons of each race. That sounds great. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows you got to have a podcast for that. Shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first question of the survey was whether people supported a law preventing refugees from entering the U.S., now, this was not like they weren't asking about a specific real proposed law, just like a law against refugees in general. And in every demographic except evangelicals, the majority opposed it. Leading the charge in this one was, of course, the religiously unaffiliated because we're better people than them, according to math. Now, I, I do want to be clear that the numbers show that no cross section of Americans are good, though. Right. Just that evangelicals are the worst, <laughs> even among the unaffiliated. Twenty seven percent. We're still willing to just stand in front of that plaque in front of Lady Liberty twiddling their thumbs and whistling. Ain't no plaque here. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> they don't seem that tired or weak. Look, they're not even <laughs> huddling in a mess. Look at them. Not even huddling in a mess. Back to Syria. Fuck that. So, now, another question uh, asked if respondents thought that America's increasing ethnic and racial diversity would be a good thing overall. And again, the religiously unaffiliated did the best on this survey, except for the like religious groups that have a racial component, like you know, like ha Hispanic Catholics and black Protestants. But even in those groups, only 80 percent of them said that the country's racial and ethnic <laughs> realignment will be mostly positive. Wait, what? Yeah. No, it, it, like one in five Hispanic Catholics and black Protestants are sitting around going, you know, if it wasn't for all the us's, am I right? <laughs> Yeah, well, but in fairness, if more white people thought that way, yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> right. Which is why next year's charity is a violent race war. I know no, we're not supposed no, to announce There is going to be one of those probably next year, but we're not going to be involved. All right, so in case the extent to which evangelicals are fucking terrible isn't clear, I should also point out that they're the only religious group that has a majority favorable view of Donald Trump. I already knew that uh, they're the only group where the majority thinks we're doing just fine when it comes to responding to sexual harassment, especially when it happens in churches. And they're the what? least likely to oppose kidnapping children at the border. Right. So free piece of advice, evangelicals. If you're worried about your culture being overrun by immigrants, instead of trying to stop the immigrants, maybe stop being the shittiest group of people. <laughs> right culturally you, you can get all the other runners disqualified but you can't win the race if you're standing still uh, they're not sure about that they're gonna try and in it's on every critics gaydar news tonight governor of the tanzanian city dar es salaam paul makonda reached out to his constituency this week in an appeal to report gay people to the government <sighs> let me be clear here not gay sex not gay marriage, gay people. If you're gay, you have to tell me. You have to show me your dick. <laughs> ah, see? <laughs> Caught myself. Uh, so this hunt for the most dangerous gay meh, comes as no surprise as the crime of homosexuality. Thank you. Amazing. <laughs> as the crime of homosexuality carries a life sentence in prison in Tanzania. And just over one year ago, the president of the country was quoted as saying, quote, even cows disapprove of, end quote, homosexuality. What? what? He gestures to a cow with an eat more pussy sign <laughs> that's funded by an anti-gay hate restaurant. Actually, I feel like I feel like they'd give him the rights to those cows if he asked for oh, them. Oh, on a moment's notice. <laughs> uh, so here's what the governor said. Quote, I have information about the presence of many homosexuals in our province. 
These homosexuals boast on social networks. Give me their names. My ad hoc team will begin to get their hands on them next Monday. End quote. Not adding. I mean, I mean, arrest them. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop laughing. This is serious. <laughs> Guys. Hello. Is this uh, Governor Makanda? Yeah. Good, good. I'm the guy right behind you having gay sex with you right now. I just wanted to report a gay person. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I hope every headline in Tanzania read, Governor Makanda desperate to find gay content on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, this is horrifying, of course, but it's important to point out that laws and politicians like this are what happen when you go somewhere with missionaries and, oh, I don't know, tell them a book is the word of God and then go home to your country and watch Will and Grace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, you got to wonder what turning your neighbor in for being gay would be like. What that would be like. What that would be like. Let, let go of me. Let go of me. I uh, got another one, sir. Got another I, one. I, am, I am not gay. This is preposterous. Yes, you are. Mm, we will be the judge of that. Uh, tell me, officer, what made you bring him in? Caught him telling someone what was in at Fashion Week this year. Ooh, yeah. oh, really? Oh, now? Come, come on. I work in fashion. Not helping. Not helping. I, I, I make uniforms for the military. Hmm. Which branch? The Navy. See? See? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, but this one is tricky. Um, perhaps would you care for some cock? No, I don't. Okay, mm. okay, did well on that one. He's tricky lying. indeed. Well, I suppose we'll have to let you go then. Thank you. It's just, oh, never mind. No, no, go ahead. What is it? It's, it's just my boss has been getting on my case lately. I told him I could find homosexuals on my time and, you know, with my abilities, you know? Of course, yeah. Yeah, so, like, today, I actually walked right into his office. I looked him right in the eye and I said, this is how I do my job. And if you don't like it, you can find someone else. Yes. Got him. Damn it. They fall for it every time. They always go for the Classic yes. Yes. And with a quick note that I appeared in that stereotype reinforcing skit under protest, we're going to take a quick break and hand things over to my lovely wife, Lucinda. A man wrote the Bible. A whore is what she was. If it's a legitimate rape. And it's a slut, right? Hey, cooking can be fun. Hey, I'm proud of a man. This week in Massachusetts. All right. To be fair, I spent the entire segment last week talking about the midterms. So I'm going to resist the urge to make this one about the election as well. In fact, to keep myself from getting sucked into that, we're going to need to take the segment all the way to England. So this story comes to us from the Friendly Atheist blog. According to a letter to Parliament from the UK's Office for Standards and Education, or Ofsted, religious schools in the UK are using some damn disturbing textbooks that go against everything education is supposed to stand for. According to the letter from Ofsted's Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman, quote, we have found books that say it is acceptable for men to use physical violence against their wives, texts that say it is unacceptable for women to refuse sex to their husbands, and literature calling for the death of gay people, end quote. And before you ask, yes, she means other than the Bible. And I don't mean to pick on the UK here. They actually do pretty good with misogyny compared to the US. But that's like saying your sense of humor is tame compared to Eli's. And we were reminded just how bad you could be and still be better than us by another story out of the UK last month that was sent to me by astute listener Geraldine. 
So according to a recent poll by Plan International UK, two-thirds of women in the UK between the ages of 14 and 21 have been sexually harassed in public. The survey looked at over a 1,000 women and asked about their experiences on public transport, in parks, in bars, etc. And overall, 66% of them reported unwanted sexual attention or sexual physical contact in a public space. Now, I will be the first to admit that that is a damn broad definition. All sexual harassment isn't created equal, and getting unwanted sexual attention at a bar and being groped on a bus are radically different things. But that top-line number should horrify you one way or the other. The survey did dig a little deeper, and it showed that almost two-fifths of women reported that they were verbally harassed at least once a month, and 15% reported being touched, groped, or grabbed. And again, for emphasis, we're talking about teenage girls here. Now, in defense of the UK, the survey was done to help inform the ongoing public debate in that country about acknowledging street harassment as a form of violence against women. And at least they're having that debate. When confronted with children getting sexually harassed back here in the States, it's more likely that you'll get the they're asking for it type response exemplified by brother Bruce Mejia. He's a protege of Steven Anderson that took to his pulpit last week to point out that any little girls that dressed up as Elsa from Frozen this Halloween were, quote, dressed like a whore, end quote. So, yeah, couldn't help but take at least one shit on the home team here. But with that out of the way, I'll hand things back over to Noah, Keith, and Eli. Thank you, Lucinda. And in Sabrina the Thieving Bitch news tonight, if you're like me and you know a lot of women. So many women. Eli knows so many women (laughs) from camp. You guys don't know them, but there's a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know that Netflix recently released a gritty reboot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which... Short of handing out pumpkin spice lattes through the screen is about as close as they could get to guaranteeing ladies across the nation would be glued to their TVs. (laughs) Sabrina versus Gilmore Girls versus Sharktopus. I think now everybody's in. I don't know that you're hitting the target demo there, Heath. (laughs) That is what she said. (laughs) Now, what you're probably guessing is that this story is about Christians across the nation freaking out at the depictions of satanic magic on television. And look, I'm sure they are, but it actually turns out that this story is about how the show managed to piss off actual Satanists as well. Okay, but is it because they're sick of reboots and desperately pine for a day when writers have creativity and producers don't stamp it out? Because, like, I'd dump a gallon of milk on somebody for that. (laughs) And if people liked it enough in 15 years, someone would throw butter at a rainbow and call it Noah Pours Milk, too. So they uh, full circle. So uh, here's what happened. The Satanic Temple, not to be confused with the Church of Satan, it's very important to them, uh, is going to sue Warner Brothers and Netflix for copyright infringement. Yeah. That's right. Copyright infringement. You see, in episode four of the series, the inside of the witch's Satan-y house is shown, and there's a reproduction of the statue of Baphomet that the Satanic Temple has been putting up alongside Ten Commandment plaques all over our nation. (laughs) Please tell me the judge makes him use the upside-down butt-plug Jesus to replace that (laughs) stolen Baphomet image. Might happen. Might happen. So the problem is... Nobody asked the Satanic Temple if they could use the statue. And the Satanic Temple had that statue made for them and therefore hold the copyright to it. And because the show further depicts Satanists as evil cannibals who use black magic, even if the show had asked the Satanic Temple, they 
probably would have said no. And as the temple has rightly pointed out, TV wouldn't do this to another religion. Like you couldn't make a show where you used original copyrighted artwork and depiction of Jews, but you make them evil masterminds in your show. (laughs) Okay, maybe you could do that on Roseanne, but you shouldn't is what I mean. You shouldn't do that. Well, unless you're Mel Gibson and making an epic movie about Jesus Mm -hmm. and how he foiled those crafty Jewish people, in which case you should do it and you'll make like $612 million. You will. That's true. Uh, Either way, I think I have come up with a compromise. Uh, Solutions, not problems. Sabrina gets to keep the satanic imagery, but they have to let him win. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Come on. How great would that show be? Anybody? Fine, just sue each other, whatever. <laughs> Try to help. Try to help. <laughs> and finally tonight, from the BB-8 file, we're going to close on a little bit of good news. Uh, we learned this week that the Pakistani Supreme Court just overturned the conviction of Asia Bibi, who earned international fame in 2010 when she was sentenced to die for blasphemy in a court proceeding that couldn't have been more disingenuous if it took place in an actual marsupial's pouch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they actually tried to build a bridge out of her and it didn't work. So, (laughs) yeah, she's not a witch. It's good news. It's really, really close to that. Okay, so here's the story. In 2009, uh, Asiya Noreen, a.k.a. Asia Bibi, uh, brought a drink of water for a co-worker. Normally, this would not be a life-threatening problem, uh, but Asia's lack of Muslimness made the water magically unclean. So the Muslim recipient took this as an insult, and not only did she refuse the water— but she demanded that Bibi renounce her Christianity and become a Muslim because she was thirsty and that would fix the magic in the water. <laughs> now, Asia refused. What? There was an argument. And then several days later, the co-worker comes forward with a story that, that at some point during the fight, Bibi said that Muhammad was, quote, no prophet. Now, the only witness to this event happens to be the accuser's sister. Just picturing the boss from office space. If you could just change your religion, that would be great. (laughs) Very close. All right. So based on nothing but that and a coerced confession, a Pakistani court sentenced her to death in 2010. Now, because she was a Christian as opposed to an atheist that isn't machete proof or just a falsely accused Muslim, the international community took notice. So her case was appealed all the way to the highest court in Pakistan. And in 2014, after she'd been in prison for five years, They upheld the conviction, right? So we were all pretty sure the next time we'd mentioned this story was when she was publicly beheaded or something. But last week, the nation's Supreme Court called a surprise mulligan and reversed their own decision, which means, if I'm reading this right, that not only will Asia Bibi not be executed for believing in the wrong space wizard, but she's actually going to be released from her nine-year imprisonment. But released into Pakistan. Well, that's true. Yeah. This is like the scarecrow giving Commissioner Gordon death by exile, except it's by staying in Pakistan. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Kim great. Davis, job opening. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking. Aren't you looking? No, you're looking. Now, before we go to lauding Pakistan for their progressive turn here. Not a big risk. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, it's worth emphasizing, <laughs> though, here what the Supreme Court didn't say. Right. They overturned the conviction because the witnesses were unreliable. The complaints didn't match up. The case was based on a confession the plaintiff gave while she was standing in front of a crowd of people threatening to murder her if she didn't admit to it. They did not rule, though, that killing someone for saying Muhammad isn't a prophet is barbaric. 
right? They agreed that people who say that shit deserve to die. They just don't think she's one of those people. Right. Yay. Yeah, right. Now that we've been forced to confront what passes for good news in the atheism business, I guess we'll close the headlines for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Heath by himself in his room with scotch. And when we come back, Tom and Cecil will be here to help us do good, bad stuff well. Brian Kemp. Not today. Not today and not tomorrow. Hey, Noah, buddy, what you doing there? Oh, hey, Heath. I'm mailing myself to England. Oh, because... Because of Brian Kemp? That's right, Heath. Mm -hmm. You trust the political process. I'm going to ship myself out here like a cordless voting machine. No, no, no. You you can't do that. Why? Um, Because you should use stamps.com. What's what's stamps.com? Well, with stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk 24-7 when it's convenient for you. Wow, really? Yep. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, using your own computer and printer. Even a package just the right size to ship me away from a country that's obviously demonstrated I don't belong in it anymore? Exactly. We use Stamps.com to ship everything from merch for live shows to rewards for patrons. Mugs, t-shirts, bingo cards, you name it. Okay, but... But what if I don't own a podcast? Let, let's say I plan to pop out mm. of a box at the home of Andy Wilson and, and, and just hope for mercy. Actually, stamps.com is great for all your shipping needs, be it buying and selling online or even sending holiday gifts. Stamps.com is the way to go. Okay, but like I'm kind of in a hurry. Well, right now you can use scathing for this special offer, which includes up to $55 free postage, a digital scale and a four week trial. Do not wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in scathing. That's stamps.com. Enter scathing. Hey, you hear that, Lucinda? We're saving money. Nice. She's already in there? Yeah. Taped it right up. So much room. Poke holes. Three years ago, we had a guest on the show raising money for a good cause, and almost on a lark, we told our listeners that we would insult someone of their choice if they donated. The response was so overwhelming that at one point I had to call Eli and I said, dude, I don't think anyone in the world could insult this many people in time. And he replied, Noah, I've been waiting my whole life for someone to say that. And on that day, Vulgarity for Charity was born. Now, we're about to dive into the first round of insults here, but it's not too late to get in on the fun. Just head over to modestneeds.org, donate to whatever cause on their site you want, then forward your receipt along with who you want us to insult, preferably with a picture if they're not a public figure, to vulgarityforcharity.com. $50 or more gets you a guaranteed on-air insult, and any donation at all gets you entered into a drawing to win an insult before it's all over. The fundraiser goes on till midnight on the 21st, so you have until Thanksgiving to get on on the action. And, of course, partnering with us again this year are Tom and Cecil from the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast. Tom, Cecil, welcome back to the show, guys. This is my Christmas, Noah. I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm dressed only in a bow. Yeah, we got to talk about that now. <laughs> Recording from home now. <laughs> all right, all right. Why don't we do video? All right. <laughs> 
You know why we don't video. They do video. They got nice It's a really nice video. bow. It's, it's honestly really nice it's because Tom can barely show. handle audio here. Oh, the roasting has already begun. <laughs> All right, so last time we did this, we raised over $25,000. As of this recording, we're only six days in, and we've already raised... $10,535.82. What the hell okay. was that, Eli? Oh, uh, we're recording two segments tonight, and Tom and Cecil aren't playing theirs till later, so it's going to keep it consistent. Oh, but- yeah, you're fucking crushing it, dude. Absolutely fucking crushing it. Thank you, best friend. We are not best friends. Okay, see, the roasting has already started. Nice job. All right. Nope. <laughs> All right, but I'll tell you what, guys, it gets better. If... By one week from today, today being Thursday, the day this comes out, we can make it to $20,000. We're going to force Heath Enright to read an article that Eli found on the internet called 12 Millennials Who Aren't Voting and Why. We're going to make him do it out loud. (laughs) And we're going to all sit in on the call. Are you just making uh, stuff up in the middle of a recording? No, it's just making stuff up randomly in the middle of a recording. Millennials don't make up a significant amount of our... Listenership. Yeah. That would be <laughs> that would be uncomfortable. Weird. All right. So without further ado, let's get this whole thing started. This year's very first donor, Hunter, who would like us to roast their dad. Ooh, ooh. Uh, Hunter's dad looks like Stephen Baldwin's stunt double in a movie about a killer tanning booth. Uh, <laughs> looks like he'd make a great cheerleader because he's constantly trying to pick up teenage girls. <laughs> he looks like somebody who's bad at math. Having a midlife crisis. Like, <laughs> like Dennis Hopper joined a boy band is what he looks like. <laughs> See, I right had him down as the ghost of Rutger Hauer's Coke binge. Ooh. <laughs> Understand, looks like he should be selling ad space for hair plugs for men on his giant fucking forehead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Eric would like someone here to roast Eli for forgetting to roast him and his girlfriend when he donated to Modest Needs for his birthday last time. Wow. Would you say no? I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I was scrolling through Kara Santa Maria's Twitter feed. You know, you know, she has almost eighty thousand Twitter 80, followers. That's amazing. Wow. Hey, Eli, how many do you have? Too far. Too far. All right, and Eli, do you have something to say to Eric? <laughs> like you mean it. You and your girlfriend look like if The Fault in the Stars was about two teenagers who were dying of a disease that slowly turned you more and more Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) Why would that kill you? (laughs) Like, why would you reach a fatal mass of Judaism? (laughs) 1945 Germany. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was good. Uh, Also, by the way, for the record, Eric and Charlotte look like Whereas Waldo and his girlfriend went to Amsterdam and became homeless there. (laughs) (laughs) But there they are. It's real obvious. All right, so Tom, Sandra would like us to roast her ex-husband, Rick, who introduced her to our shows. Uh, When I read this, uh, Sandra asked me to be gentle, so I'm going to go ahead and take it easy on you, Rick. And I mean, really, it's because I feel bad for Rick, honestly, because... Anyone venturing into the world, divorced, newly single, and looking like that probably can't handle a whole lot of unvarnished truths. I mean, Rick, I'm saying, doesn't even look like the kind of guy who can emotionally handle a lot of gentle white lies. (laughs) I guess, like, what I'm saying here, Rick, is this. Like, however bad your old life was, it doesn't get better for you. (laughs) That was it, buddy. I appreciate you going easy on him. All right, Heath, I've got one for you. mean. (laughs) Right, exactly. No, Ron would like a roast for his stepmother. Uh, He sent a picture of her wearing a 
A very large blue shirt dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is excellent. Uh, she looks like Jill Stein didn't listen to Willy Wonka about the gum with the blue <laughs> <laughs> Like, Jill Stein did that recount and ate the ballots as she went. <laughs> Dipped in ranch. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. All right. So I'll take this next one. Uh, Jay would like us to roast his friend, Colin, who looks like if you deflated Ted Cruz and put him in a centrifuge. <laughs> Ooh. It, not great. And, and if I had to guess, this is a guy who at least once in his life asked a librarian if they had anything about how to turn his latest Lego creation into a real girl. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do they? Right. <laughs> Asking we'll for a ask. friend, Heath, I got your back, buddy. <laughs> they do. That's cool. Thank you, though. All right, Cecil, I got another one for you. Jennifer would like you to roast Christian apologist Eric Hovind. Oh, my God. Fuck that guy. Eric Hovind <laughs> looks like he's been caught on To Catch a Predator so many times, people mistake him for one of the producers. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's got, like, he has, like, a favorite chair on set, you know? <laughs> if I had Bill Gates' fortune, I'd write a check for all but $6 and just give it all to Thomas Dolby so he could follow this dipshit around and every few moments just scream, Science! <laughs> right in his fucking ear. And then I'd take that other $6 and I'd buy a a box of magnum condoms so I could roll one over this giant cock's head. <laughs> Did you hear that? That means it's time for a challenge round. Wait, wait, wait. How did no one do that? I want a boomy voice. Why don't I get a boomy voice? I've been running running your voice through that filter for like 11 years, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, in real life, most people don't know this. Tom sounds like Woody Allen. In real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mean rapey? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right. is so now this challenge round is going to be tough because it's all about roasting the unroastable. But if anybody's up to the challenge, it's going to be you assholes. So Cecil, I'm going to start you off with Brian of the Glasgow Skeptics. That guy's fucking awesome. He's a really nice, a guy. really nice guy. Really nice guy. Okay, you're going to like him less after I tell you this. He would like us to roast his near miraculous unborn child and his rock star <laughs> wife who is currently <clears throat> carrying said miraculous okay. child. Okay. Go fuck yourself, Brian. Here we go. Here we go. The best request. Look, Brian's not the first atheist to be part of a virgin birth, but he's the first one to actually believe it. Right? <laughs> and I don't have to roast the kid. I mean, if he if he has half of Brian's genetics, the world is already warming up the short bus. <laughs> but don't worry, Brian. Don't worry, Brian. I'm sure he's going to be very successful because you're not the father. <laughs> It'd be no weird worries. if it was Thomas Smith, right? That'd be yeah. ironic. <laughs> Yeah, Still apropos. But uh, I bet your fetus could at least score ten points on me at ping pong. I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, shit. No, he's actually really good at ping pong. But he, did, I don't think he scored ten points. Maybe eleven. All right, so Heath, I got a hard one for you. Are you ready? I mean, but like, how hard could it really like? It's, oh, it's Russell roast, would like right? you to roast his Welsh Springer Spaniel named what? Briggs. My God, bonus he's adorable. You- yeah, uh, yeah, and you cannot at any point call him a good boy. Who's a good boy? Fuck! All right. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, he looks like he's friends with one black lab, so he thinks he can say the N-word. <laughs> <laughs> All right, interesting angle. Uh, Tom, I got a challenge for you, uh, okay. but I know you're up for it. Paul would like the entire state of Nebraska roasted, and if anyone can hate an entire group of people, it's you. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, uh, that's strangely fair. Um, although I'm not sure that anyone can hate the state of Nebraska as deeply as the kind of pathological self-loathing that is required of a person to wake up every morning and still live in Nebraska. <laughs> like, I would walk out of Nebraska even if I had to crawl across the bloody stumps of my legs wearing newspaper shoes just so that I could kiss the ground crossing the border into Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Nebraska is a state so utterly fucking pointless and devoid of redeemable qualities that at some point someone in fucking Iowa drew a literal line to keep Nebraska from coming closer. All right, and Eli, Karen would like us to roast her impossibly attractive siblings. Okay, I have a question. What happened to our listeners over the last 365 days? <laughs> right? Did you all sign up for Beachbody? Because I got to tell you, the only roast I want to give Nate is a spit roast. Uh, shotgun. shotgun ass. Shotgun Shotgun ass. ass. Oh. No, that was me said it first. Heath broke your name. Now, luckily for me, Elizabeth likes country music, so I can point out that her taste in music is as bad as Karen's taste in Mexican food. Really, Karen? Taco Bell? Brew up some stump town so the fruity notes can accent the day-old bean paste? What are you doing, Karen? Eli? Eli. Uh, Okay, right. Sorry. Sorry. Roasting. Um, Elizabeth looks like one of those teachers who sleeps with their students, but for kindergarten. (laughs) Uh, And Karen, Karen looks like she cries at book club. Because she's a gentle soul who shares the eyes of her brother who I simply want to be held in front of a fireplace till morning by. This is impossible. Gain some weight, all of you. (laughs) All right. Excellent job. Uh, Moving on. Uh, Wait wait a second, Noah. You have to do a challenge round. Yeah, I I really actually didn't see another one. I got one. Uh, My fuck buddy Brian's grandpa. I mean, somebody's grandpa doesn't seem that hard. Old well, well, listen suck. to this. Uh, he grew up in the Netherlands under Nazi control. His family hid two families of Jews, a military deserter, and helped a downed British pilot get back to the Allied forces. Okay, I can see how this is tricky. Uh, but he is the Wisconsin Evangelical Church of Christ slash Christian Church's leader. Okay, less tricky. <laughs> uh, but he built a house for himself from the ground up at the age of 70. What the? That's, I feel like neutral. And to wrap it all up, when Brian came out as trans, he wrote him a letter saying he was unchristian and unloving. All right. Okay. So you know what, though? When I think about this, this is easier than I'm making it sound because his family helped Jews and pilots and shit in World War II. <laughs> right? I mean, everything I know about the grandpa himself makes him sound like that kind of elderly asshole who hops right up in front of everybody on public transit like he's going to be the first one out of the fucking plane. Hey, Brian's grandpa, get the fuck out of my way while we're getting off the plane. I don't give a shit how many Jews you saved in a war. I haven't had a cigarette in six hours and you got two artificial hips made of Fabergé fucking egg. You get, you get out when you get out. It's not like you're going to get out soon walking that fast just sit on the fucking plane until the young people are gone and think about how nice it is to live in a time where we don't just make stew out of the people too old to join in the hunt (laughs) also also i'm pretty sure that the guy writing the you suck for being trans letter is the one who's unloving i'm not an expert in that field but fuck you (laughs) and by the way people like you is how we're going to get conservatives on board with the Obamacare death panels. It's going to be it's <laughs> going to be because he was helping those refugees. Yeah, yeah. You look like Pepperidge Farm remembers segregation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Noah. 
special request here from April, who is our favorite listener. Hi, Hi April. April. Uh, we're not supposed to say that, Heath, but yes, it's true. That yeah, it is. Hi, April. Okay. Well, apparently her boss has been giving her some trouble. So What? I will um, fucking kill him. I will okay. kill his family. I will fuck the eyes out of his skull. Oh, Eli. maybe, maybe too far. Maybe too far. With fuck the, the eyes last. back into his skull. No, no. <laughs> uh, it's not not the issue about where the eyes would go in your, your fucking direction. <laughs> directionally, I, I think she just wants us to roast him like normal oh. without okay, the okay, skull and the right. eyes thing. Uh, you look like Rob Cordry's mugshot, and you put the creepy, unsolicited workplace <laughs> massage back in creepy, unsolicited workplace misogynist. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> you look like a Chernobyl-themed chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a blind four-year-old carved a jack-o'-lantern face into a rotting peach with an old pen. <laughs> oh. He looks like someone is staging oh. rabbit-proof fence in his hairline, and <laughs> don't, don't, I, you're not, you're gonna go right I back to it. Don't say the thing. Your you're gonna go right eyes back to it. Yep. a medium amount in and <laughs> or out of your skull. Yeah, uh, that was the problem. It was, it was the amount you hit the. Yeah, this the, the medium. nailed it. Good, Thank good you. All right, so we also had a bunch of folks with political figures who needed roasting, obviously, given the timing. So, fellas, I'm gonna challenge you to deliver the following roasts as a political slogan. Tom, you're up first. Lucas would like us to roast leader of the Conservative Party in Alberta, Jason Kenney. All right. Uh, how about Jason Kenney? Look, Ma, no neck. <laughs> or Jason Kenney, the milk to your toast. <laughs> or Jason Kenney, still working out the kinks. <laughs> All right, Cecil. Ben would like you to roast Jacob Reese Mogg. Jacob Reese Mogg, when I die. And you go into my house, you're going to find a body pillow the shape of the EU with a hole fucked in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eli um, and Heath, Don Austin and Lori and Noah have all requested <laughs> Brian Kemp. Uh, plus, Lori signed up for a monthly donation back in 2016 and continues to give. So make it three times as good. Uh, okay. Uh, mm. Brian Kemp, the politician version of a kid who calls the cops during a snowball fight. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Kemp looks like every creepy dad trying to put his hand on a waitress's back while he orders his food. Yes. She curls <laughs> out of the way like a cat who doesn't want to be touched. You know, they do that like, weird back thing where you don't quite... It's good. Stop. It's Go good, up. but it's supposed to be a slogan. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, slogan. Um, Okay. Brian Kemp. I look like every creepy dad trying to put my hand on a waitress's back while I order, and then she curls out of the way like a cat who doesn't want to be touched because I'm gross. Better. Better. Got it. All right, got one more for you, Cecil. Uh, Reynolds would like us to do Mitch McConnell. Oh, okay. Mitch McConnell, why compromise between cowardice and hypocrisy? But paid for by trumpeter peppy frogs for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mitch McConnell, he can't have forgotten everything Splinter taught him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, of course. And uh, Kalen requested Jeff Sessions, so I'm going to go with Jeff Sessions, sympathizing with neo-Nazis before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Sessions, please somebody give me a sock. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Jeff Sessions, or maybe a job, yes. <laughs> All right, so let's get murderous. Ooh, ooh, Jeff Sessions. Okay, so no, he no, probably... that would be that would be redundant. But okay. at Sir JCC has requested we roast the newly elected Jair Bolsonaro. Tom, uh, you you got any more in you? All right, let's try this. Uh... Jerry Bolsonaro, a chicken in every pot and a creeper in every window. <laughs> <laughs>
Jerry Bolsonaro, three-time Roofies World Champion. <laughs> Jerry Bolsonaro, the medication's working, we promise. Yeah, we might use that one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and here's somebody I think we all agree deserves a good roasting today. Sam would like us to roast non-voters. Ooh, non-voters. It's hard because like, we can't say what they look like. Oh, wait. Yes, we can. They're white dudes who got a C in their philosophy class before they dropped out of college to focus on their app. You're bad for America. And the only reason you have the opinions you do is because I wasn't allowed to bully you in high school. <laughs> Not about it. It's like, like when, when you're at the gas station, you take a penny from the tray even though you paid with a credit card. <laughs> you probably save on shopping by heading over to the food bank. You turn left from the right lane, and then you're the fucker who honks. <laughs> Every one of you that stays home on election day playing Xbox in your pajamas instead of voting means that your racist, semi-literate uncle who watches VHS tapes of cops and rants about giving illegals free health care while on Medicare is deciding who runs the country. So next time you throw your hands up in frustration and whine about the system being rigged, remember... You were too fucking lazy to even bother rigging it. <laughs> hey, non-voters, what's up? Fuck you, first of all. So, <laughs> you know how every time you hang out with your friends, it seems like they're more interesting than you and funnier <laughs> and smarter? Then you go home and you worry about how they probably talk about how you're a piece of shit and don't really deserve to be in the friend group. But then you're like, nah, like, that's just me. This is me being paranoid when I'm home by myself and I smoke pot. I bring a lot to the table. Um, <laughs> but you don't, actually. You don't bring it to the table. If you're not being paranoid. You're actually the worst. If you have to ask, nobody likes you. That's just the, how it is. Just nobody actually likes you. If it wasn't for that weird social convention about not breaking up with friends... You would have zero friends. That's how it would go. And you do kind of smell like old broccoli water, like all the time somehow. I don't know how you do that, but old broccoli, it's just all the time. Just a faint, it's like sulfury and a little mildew and st it's gross. You're gross. It is. It is. All right. And to bring it home tonight. We got to give a mad shout out to Joseph, who became the most generous donor so far by kicking in 1037 bucks. Weird amount, but I love it. For us to roast Tennessee candidate and now elected. Tennessee candidate Marsha Blackburn. And damn it, they deserve something special. So to close things off, I'll kick it over to Anna so she can put the burn back in Marsha Blackburn. Marsha Blackburn is a rep for the state of Tennessee. She's Dolores Sumbridge Barbie of the fucking GOP. I was asked to write a song for her cause Joseph fucking rules. But he made me learn all about this bitch. So he's a giant too. For 
first thing she did An office sign or rape abortion ban Tennessee would have been better off Electing the Gatorade man Also remember those viral videos About Planned Parenthood She claims she personally stopped from selling baby parts for good She tells so many lies That I cannot fucking stand it Her campaign ad's so full of shit That Twitter even banned it She and all her panel buddies Went and banned stem cells So a few more people on this earth Could stay in living hell Oh Marsha, stop your lying Wish you could, you would, you should If you got struck by lightning Then at least I know you would You're looking like a loser Like a soccer mom became a methadone user Oh Marsha, fake news Or you're a nightmare from my childhood Make things even worse She's for birther legislation She thought the cast of Lion King Had stolen the run of the nation This walking scarecrow wants to close our borders To stop ISIS And she almost single-handedly Started the opioid crisis I needn't mention that she thinks That climate change ain't real Her policies make me feel like I have tracheoesophageal There's so many other insults for her That I could have used But I've said enough about her And the power she abused Oh Marcia, stop your lying Stop telling lies Today. Remember when you passed the law that fucks the DEA? Stop lying, you honky. A better use for your tongue would be pleasing a donkey than any of your total bonky tactical display. Oh, Marsha, we're trying, we're trying hard, you know, to get you out of office by the time we run this show. We're sighing, we're prying, but at least we're not shooting our mouths off and lying. We're not even denying it. If you win, we hope you know. Thank you, Anna. That was amazing. Well, that's going to do it for the first roast segment of Bulgaria for Charity 2018. It's not too late to get in on the fun. Again, just donate what you can over at modestneeds.org. If it's over 50 bucks, you too can send some vitriol for a good cause. Uh, find out all the details on scathingatheist.com. Our next segment is going to be over on Cognitive Dissonance on their episode that premieres on Monday. All right. So you can check the show notes for more info on that. Tom, Cecil, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks Absolutely. for having us. Thanks so much. Before we close the polls tonight, I want to let those of you who just can't get enough Heath in your life know that he was live with Tom and Cecil on election night, and the video of that live stream is up on their YouTube channel now. If you want to watch Heath get progressively more happy drunk, now's your chance. Just look for a link on the show notes for this episode. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show, The Skeptocrat, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern time on Monday, an even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend, God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show citation needed debuting at noon eastern on wednesday obviously i want to thank tom and cecil one more time for being part of the festivities tonight honestly we couldn't do vulgarity for charity without them and even before they started doing this they were already two of the most charitable and generous people that i've ever met they'll be back next week and remember the fundraiser is still going for another two weeks so you'll still have time to help us break our previous record of twenty-five thousand dollars. details are linked on the show notes also want to thank the incomparable heath enright for being so non-analogous i need to thank the superlative lucinda illusions for being over top of all those latives. I also want to thank the inimitable Eli Bosnick for having a regional accent that's really hard to mimic. I want to thank Joel from Florida Men, the podcast, both for providing this week's Farnsworth quote and for his intrepid work tracking America's most elusive supervillain. If you want to give his show a listen, you'll find the link on the show notes as well. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most vivacious voters, Sasha, Chris, Jonas, Eric, Pete, Greg, Drake, Ashley, Drew, Mason, and Stone Banana. 
Sasha, Chris, and Jonas, whose intellects are so prized that I walked around on Tuesday with a sticker that says Sasha, Chris, and Jonas voted. Eric, Pete, Greg, and Drake, whose dicks are so impressive it's disingenuous not to include them on national maps of polling places. And Ashley, Drew, Mason, and Stone Banana, who are so sexy they got an honorary degree from the Erectoral College. Together, these 11 elegant elegists for eloquence elected to elevate our elocutions this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the wherewithal or the why with all to give us money, but if you think you're up to the challenge, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash Atheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but you donated all your expendable income to Vulgarity for Charity, well done. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Tim Robertson handles our social media, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. Netflix recently released. You know that Netflix recently. You know that Netflix recently. Jesus. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.